Pull up a chair to Amy's table. It's Amy's table. A girl's guide to living. With Amy Tobin. It's summer. It's food. It's fun. It's all here on Amy's table. My guest this morning is chef, journalist, and nationally acclaimed grilling expert, Jamie Perviance. He's the best-selling author of five grilling books, and his Weber's Real Grilling has sold almost one million copies to date. There's a new book out. It's called Weber's Way to Grill, the step-by-step guide to expert grilling. Good morning, Jamie. How are you? Good morning, Amy. I'm terrific, thanks. Well, you know, first of all, I've got to say I've perused the book, and it's pretty darn awesome. And I was reading a bit about you, and I understand you have six grills? <laughs> yes, somewhere between six and ten, depending upon the month. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of jealous grills. men right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I am very fortunate. Um, my wife sometimes doesn't think so. She rolls her eyes every time a new one uh, shows up on the driveway. <laughs> but um, we do eat well here, and we have a lot of fun, so... Um, I'm not complaining. Uh, well, you know, you have all of those grills. So tell me, what's more important when we all approach the grill this summer? Is it the actual recipes or is it the technique we use when we grill? Well, you know, I think the techniques are actually more valuable. I mean, right, once you understand how to do something um, and why it works, then you're really set loose to to develop your own style, you know, to change up the taste. You know, recipes are wonderful because they're, They've been tested. You know, there are certain balance of flavors and the proportions are right. But uh, real grilling mastery comes when, you know, you've got a good repertoire of, of solid techniques. What do you think are some of the, you know, we talk about good techniques and we'll get to them in a minute. But what do you think are some of the things that if you're seeing somebody else grill are some of the biggest mistakes people make when they're grilling? Well, I see a lot of new grillers, particularly, who I guess are feeling a little bit nervous, um, fiddling with the food a whole lot. They'll, <laughs> they'll put the chicken breast or the steak down on the grill, and instantly they're poking at it or trying to turn it over or moving it from one side of the grill to the other. And this actually works against them in many ways because very often the food is stuck at that point, and so they tear it and they create some flare-ups that way, and they don't really develop that really deep caramelized flavor, which is really one of the great reasons we love grilled food. So fiddling too much is a big problem. I'd say grilling with the lid open is another problem that's pretty common for, well, people of all levels. Um, I'm a big proponent of keeping it down as much as possible uh-huh. because the when the lid is down, uh, the grate stays a little bit hotter, so it does sear better, and um, you trap a lot of that really nice smoke that develops inside the grill when the fat and the juices drip down, and it cooks the food a little bit faster, which usually means that the, the end product is juicier. So there are a bunch of reasons for keeping the lid down. And that falls in those good techniques. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that throws me is when I see people squishing their burgers with their spatula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, somehow it's just irresistible to people, you know. <laughs> they don't really feel like they're grilling unless they're, they're involved, and squishing is one way to get involved. But, of course, what you're doing is just driving out a lot of the good flavor and juice of the burger. So, um, so don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, resist, resist, walk away if you have to. Well, right. you said basically you think that the, that the technique is more important than the recipe. Throw a few, you know, important techniques out at us. Sure. Okay. Well, um, you know, you mentioned burgers, so let's start there. Um, try not to turn the burger more than once. 
Um, I think a lot of people have the problem of a burger sort of falling apart on them, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, and usually the reason is that they've tried to turn it over and over, and every time they they turn it, it, it sort of loses its integrity a little bit, um, and it actually creates more flare-ups that way. So that's true of burgers and, and a lot of other things as well. Um, generally speaking, you know, realize that different ingredients do best at different heats, um, whether it's high, medium, or low, um, and also whether it's direct heat or indirect heat. So while some people just approach the grill as, okay, you know, get it hot and throw some meat on there and cook it until it looks done, that's not going to give you the best results. Um, very often you might want to start something over a high heat and finish it over a, a low heat. You know, an example of that might be bone-in chicken pieces, for instance. You want to sear them, get them nice and golden brown on the outside, crisp up the skin, and then move them to a cooler part of the grill or a part of the grill that's working with just indirect heat, where there's no fire right underneath. And that's going to allow the chicken to sort of roast through slowly and allow the inside of the of the chicken to sort of catch up with the outside. So this idea of having multiple zones on the grill is really important and using those zones at the right time. And, you know, this is part of the, as you mentioned, technique as opposed to recipe being so important. And that's what impresses me so much about the book, Weber's Way to Grill, Step-by-Step Guide to Expert Grilling, because you do explain all of this in in great detail. And I guess, you know, it's like anything, practice makes perfect. If someone's a novice griller listening this morning, you're going to understand that you will get it after a few attempts. And it's knowing how to to treat that chicken and the zones on the grill and et cetera that are going to give you such amazing results. Well, of course, technique is important, but so are tools. Are there some basics that you think we should have, you know, when we're grilling all summer, all year, as most of us do? You certainly need your tools. Um, (laughs) Some of them are more essential than others. Um, There's no way that I could grill without at least two pairs of tongs. Um, I like the good, heavy-duty, spring-loaded tongs that are fairly long, so I don't have my arm hanging out over the flame all the time. Um, You know, after that, I'd say... A spatula is certainly nice to have. Um, I grill a lot with charcoal, so I use a chimney starter just about every single day, which is the best way to to light coals. Um, and you know, and that's that's really it for the absolute essentials. Um, there are some things that I really like these days. I use more and more. Um, these perforated grill pans are really nice. They oh kind of yeah, look like a baking sheet, but they have holes in them. And so you you can cook really small little items on there that otherwise might fall through the grate. So, you know, cut up mushrooms, and I've got recipes for, you know, green beans and for little broccoli florets. And if you get the pan nice and hot, you actually are able to, to caramelize it just as if it was on the grate. And you also get the smokiness sort of drifting up through the holes. So... I'm a big fan of the of the vegetable pan these days. That's a great one. You know, you mentioned green beans, and a lot of people don't grill that part of their dinner, but you really can, can't you, Jamie? Grill just about, I mean, everything. You can grill from hors d'oeuvres to dinner to dessert. Oh, without question. Um, yeah, I got through that threshold a long time ago, and I, I know a lot of people still think of it as this thing that just cooks meat, you know. And <laughs> it's, really, it's really so much more than that. Um, particularly if you have good control over the fire. And, and I would say here, you know, a gas grill is probably the most flexible because you can control the heat, you know, the level of, of heat so well um, and change it quite quickly. 
um, it really is just like an outdoor oven. So anything that you could do in your oven, you could do on a grill. And so that includes desserts, for instance. You know, why not make a cobbler or um, a pie or why not do some flatbreads on there like a pizza or a piadini? Mm. Um, you know, anything is is really possible. I've actually done a chocolate souffle on the grill. Believe it or not. Wow. Okay, that's the first I've heard that. <laughs> but I will say in summer, a lot of times people are more willing to entertain because you can be outdoors. You don't necessarily have to, you know, have the houses ready for entertaining as you might in the winter. So the idea of really being able to lounge out on the deck or patio with your guests and truly do all of the food prep out there with them from beginning to end, I think is so appealing. And I love the idea of the vegetables, though, too. Green beans, that's interesting to me. But chocolate souffle, that just knocks me out. I can't believe it. <laughs> Give it a try. It works. Right? <laughs> Even indirect heat. I, I tell you one little thing about the green beans. I did them for years, um, and they tasted nice, but they actually lost their color. You know how they get that sort of yeah. faded green color. And so I actually cook them, and I make a little lemon oil with some lemon zest, and I put a tiny bit of vitamin C in there. And because it's an antioxidant, it prevents them from browning. So they come to the table with this beautiful green color, as well as tasting great, too. Oh, so, nice. Now, does that, there. does that work on a lot of, of grilled vegetables? Or just going it for the green should. beans and things? I've only tried it on the green beans, um, but it, you know, theoretically it should work on anything um, retaining its green color. Oh, very cool. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with grilling expert Jamie Perviance. And, you know, he has written so many books. The latest is this one we're discussing this morning, Weber's Way to Grill. Now, you mentioned that you often cook on charcoal, and then later you said, and gas can be most flexible. Now, you have... <laughs> Six to ten grills, depending on the day of the week. But what do you really, I mean, can you say, will you Will you pick one side or the other? Is it gas or is it charcoal for you? Oh, I prefer charcoal. Yeah. I mean, if I have the time um, and I, I'm just, you know, not pressured at all in any other way, I, I will light up the charcoal. I For a variety of reasons. I mean, one, I think I just like to play with the fire. (laughs) That's a guy thing. (laughs) I'm wired that way. I just love to build it the way that I want it and, and, you know, feed it, give it what it needs and sort of get into that. I think of it almost like a dance where the fire is talking to me and I'm talking back to the fire (laughs) and we're sort of feeding off of each other. That's very gratifying to me. Um, And the flavor, of course, is really, really wonderful. And it's not just one flavor. It's a... a whole range of possibilities depending upon the type of charcoal that I'm using and what wood I might be adding to the fire. All that is, is, is really fun. I think of charcoal really like an ingredient in a recipe. And very often, it, you know, so if I want a little subtleness of the woodsiness, I'll use one type of charcoal. And if I want something stronger, say for a barbecued flavor, I'll use another type of charcoal and some wood. Um, so, but having said all that, there are some cases where I really don't want that woodsiness involved at all, and that's why I, I go to my gas grill. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go there also, you know, on a crazy Tuesday night when I just have to feed my kids and my family. And my you know, <laughs> that's the thing. Exactly. That's the thing. I We cook on gas at my house, but it's mostly because often it's we grill year-round. It's just like using our stove or our oven. You know, it's one of our daily appliances, and we do use gas. But I know that my husband misses poking at the charcoal. <laughs> well, this is awesome stuff. And, Jamie, where can we get more information from you, maybe a recipe or two or more grilling tips? Well, there's a wonderful website. I didn't do it, so I can say that. <laughs> 
some folks put together a website, waytogrill.com, and it's a great preview to this cookbook because it has uh, a whole bunch of recipes and a tremendous amount of photography. You know, what really separates this book from others is 1,100 photographs of step-by-step how to do each and everything you possibly want to do on the grill. And a lot of that stuff is on the website as well. So it's just a good way to get an introduction. It is. It's really good. I'm looking through the book as we speak, and it is truly step-by-step. And I know a lot of us are visual learners, so this is a good way. Plus some really great recipes. I mean, aside from the ones you'd expect, all of the beef and pork and chicken and fish, but then I'm loving this grilled artichoke hearts. Love that. Oh, Um, fabulous. Yeah. Really neat stuff. Ooh, yum. Oh, I know. Well, see, we're already year-round grillers, so you're preaching to the confirmed. But I will tell you that this is some great stuff. And I will put all of Chef Jamie Provience's information on WKRQ.com. You can click Amy's table. But thank you so much for joining us today. I'm going to be just grilling up a storm, and I won't fiddle with it. I promise. Good girl. I'm proud of you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks, Jamie. I could just crow about rooster sauce. Rooster sauce is the sriracha sauce made by Hui Fung Foods. And here's a fun fact about Hui Fung Foods. The founder named his company after the vessel that carried him over to the U.S. when he immigrated. Sriracha is a moderately hot Thai sauce made with chilies and sugar, vinegar and salt and garlic. And if you don't know about it, you should. Think of it as a cross between ketchup and salsa. I use it in Asian dishes, but I also give a squeeze of sriracha to scrambled eggs, chicken noodle soup, and shrimp marinade. I use it in a Bloody Mary, on a burger, in my Ariabata sauce. I mix it with mayo and slather it on a sandwich. You get the point. Try it. You'll love it. And you'll find that you want to crow about it, too. You're listening to Amy's Table. It's Amy's Table. A girl's guide to living. With Amy Tobin on Q102.